All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. We look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on our hearts to share. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Proverbs. Um, I think we'll go to the 31st chapter. Actually, hold your spot there. Let's go to the 18th chapter of 1 Samuel first. We'll bring this other stuff out first. The 18th chapter of 1 Samuel. Is everybody there? All right, we're going to start reading at verse uh, 17. It says, And Saul said to David, Behold, my eldest, elder daughter, Merib, her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me, and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. And David said unto Saul, Who am I, and what is my life, or my father's family in Israel, that I should be, be son-in-law to the king? But it came to pass at the time when Merib, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Mahalathite, to wife. And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. And Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a what? <laughs> what was she going to be? A snare. Now, who was Saul? Who was Saul to Michael? Her father. Is that off? Did you flip it off? That was her daddy. And that was her head. And so the words he was speaking, he was prophesying over her of how she was going to be. Now, then we just read there that Michael loved David. Isn't that right? But her love for David could not overcome the prophecy of her father. Does everybody understand that? Let's read that again, verse 21. And Saul said, I will give him her that she may be a snare to him 
and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in, in the one of the twain. And Saul commanded his servants, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And Saul, Saul's servants, spake those words in the ears of David, and David said, Seemeth it to you a light thing to be a, son's, a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed? And the servants of Saul told him, saying, On this manner spake David. And Saul said, Thus shall ye say to David, The king desireth not any dowry, but an hundred foreskins of the Philistines, to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. Does everybody see that? Now, one thing I have learned in my lifetime is that the devil don't come at you directly a lot of times because that would be obvious and too obvious. But he'll come at you through the people who say they love you and, and through the people that are close to you, the people that you love. So Saul said, I don't want to have anything to do with David dying. I don't want to kill David. But if, listen, if I yoke up with him and be kind to him through my daughter, I can use her. Does everybody understand that? And so we see that now the Bible makes it clear. If you read the earlier chapters here, you'll see that an evil spirit went out from the Lord to, to trouble Saul. So, so Saul had an evil spirit about him. And so we know that the evil spirit was Satan. Is that right? So this is Satan's plan. Now this lets us know. <laughs> now what are we reading here? We're reading about husband and wife. Now y'all pay close attention. This is, we're talking about husband and wife. And how when that wife is not submitted to her husband the way she's supposed to be, then it's automatic that the devil is her daddy and he'll use her as a snare to her husband. She'll be going on about life all peaceful in her mind because she's so used to drama. But the whole time, the devil is using that woman to bring to sow discord in the home, to cause issues. This ain't nothing new. What we see happening today ain't nothing new. The devil has always been the devil. The devil can't get to you through your enemies, through people that hate you and you know that they hate you and you, ain't, you don't care too much for them. You just keep your distance. But Jesus Christ said what he prophesied through Micah, a man's foes shall be those of his, those of his own household. A man's enemies. Does everybody understand that? And what better way? You think about it. it it'll, it'll come through that wife if nothing else. If she's not submitted to God and submitted to her husband. It'll come through that woman every single time. Does everybody understand that? What better way? Yeah, your children might act up, but you know, you, you could think, well, you know, in five more years, you're going to be out of here. On your 18th birthday, you hit that door. But with marriage, it's something different. 
There's a love between husband and wife that's not equal to the love between father and children or mother and children. That that's a different kind of love. That, that, that heart is involved more there between husband and wife. And that, that husband here tried to stick it out, tried to stick it out, and the whole time the devil is using that woman as a snare. But to do what? To bring death. Does everybody understand that? I can't tell you the number of men I talk to around the world that have the same testimony. I got a wife that ain't submitting. I got a wife, she's trouble in my home. She's trouble. And these same men, they will, if, if they're paying attention, they will know it's something off, like stuff ain't flowing the way that it's supposed to. I, I'm making a certain amount of money, but it just seems like I can't get ahead. That's because there's a devil there to bring a snare. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> but it started in love. In the woman's mind. Does everybody understand that? And let me make this clear, sisters. Some women, they're more in love with being in love than they are their husband. They love the fairy tale of love. They like being queen for a day on their wedding day. They like the idea of being taken and being validated by the idea of marriage more than they, they love the husband themselves. They, they love being able to say, I'm married. But, being, but submissive ain't part of the deal. Me actually being on your team ain't part of the deal. I just like having a, having a wedding band on. I just like being able to show and say, I'm married and I'm taken. See, somebody loved me. But that's all it is to it. I'll be the biggest devil at home. I'll give my husband all kind of headaches and migraines. I'll get his heart to beating off, <laughs> not two and four, one, two, three, and four. Every time he go to the doctor, he gonna, he's gonna have high blood pressure. But I, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I lift my husband up in prayer. And be praying, Lord, help him to see, you know, what's wrong with him. Does everybody understand that? That wife can be a snare. And I can't tell you the number of men, number of men I know personally that left this world before their time because God was having mercy. Let me go ahead and take you up out of this situation. It happens, brothers and sisters. That, that the same way Saul sent his daughter to be a snare. The devil sends his daughters to be a snare to men of God. And these sisters, they don't understand it because in their minds, I was getting along with my other boyfriends who were out in the world. That's because they already belonged to the devil. You didn't have to be a snare to them except just keeping them in the place where they were. But as soon as you marry a man of God, or a man that's trying to follow God, that's where the problems begin. So we understand what we're saying so far. You sisters can be a snare. You, you, you could think that you're a helpmeet, and that's what God has designed you to be, a helpmeet.
but a help meet is somebody that's just that. If I'm helping somebody, I'm go. So what's what's going next? What what are we doing next? When some of the brothers have come over to the house to help me do something, they're asking me, well, so what, Brother Bowden, what do we do next? Well, this is how I got it laid out. They're not coming in with their own ideas and with their own plans. When you're helping somebody, you don't have your own ideas about it. You, you're paying attention and following their pattern. Now, okay, so I see where you're going. Let me, let me help you with that. You can't help somebody pulling in the opposite direction. No, brother, I said we're going to use screws. We're not using nails. But if you're over there using nails, you ain't helping me. Does everybody understand that? God's daughters are a help to their husbands. The devil's daughters are a snare. I'm going to send you to an early grave. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> you know, I had a dream this morning. I woke up about 2 o'clock or so from that dream. And in that dream, I was uh, in this apartment building, and, I, and uh, I was walking down this long hallway in this apartment building, and uh, it, the, everybody's front doors were, were attached to this hallway. And uh, at the end of this hallway, I saw two animals being intimate. It was a, a female skunk, a female skunk, and a squirrel. And at first, when I first saw it, I'm, you know, I'm standing maybe 30 feet away, and when I first saw it, I thought, well, they down there fighting. And as I got closer, I could actually see the body parts and the, you know, that they were actually being intimate. And then I began to call the church. I said, y'all come, because it seemed like y'all were in this apartment with me, this building. I said, y'all come look, this, look at that. And when the, so the, the squirrel was the male, and the skunk was the female. And the squirrel, when he was done, he just got on up and just walked on down the hallway to leave. And then I thought, well, he done forced himself on that poor skunk. But the skunk got up, and walked down like, yeah, I got what I came for, too. And I, and I thought, that, now that's very odd. That's very odd. Uh, that's, that's perverted. What does a squirrel, and squunk, a squirrel and a skunk have to do with one another? And, and so when I woke up, I, I knew the dream was from the Lord, and I began to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what in the world? What was that about? And he said, that's what it looked like to me. Married people, in my church, the woman's the skunk. Shouldn't have anything to do with a squirrel, but she wants something to do with him. Two different, the same way you would see something like that and know that's perverted, God sees the same thing. It is not right for a, a woman who have made up her mind not to live for God and not to submit to her husband, to even want to be involved with a man who's following God. That to God, that's a perverted thing. What else is it but a snare? Now, <laughs> everything God does is for a reason. Everything he shows in a dream, a vision, whatever, it is for a reason. It wasn't an accident that this female was a skunk. My wife and I, when we were coming to church last, earlier this week, I think it was, it might have been last week, uh, there was a skunk crossing the road. You know, skunks are bold. 
they don't take off running. They just, you just better know I'm a skunk and just keep your distance. And so that skunk was crossing the road and my wife slowed down and I said to that, you know, I said to the skunk, you got it, sir. This, this is yours. We ain't gonna bother you. If you ever known anybody that's been sprayed by a skunk, it take about a week to get that scent off of you. I was working at, when I was working at a TV station in, in, uh, in Tulsa, we had a fellow get sprayed by a skunk. And we were, yeah, you can call in as long as, take as long as you need. <laughs> Before I take off. <laughs> I got some vacation days. So you know what he did though that week? He soaked in tomato juice. Because that's supposed to help that. He was orange when he came to work the next time, but that's what he had to do. He had to soak in that. That's a nasty smell. And, and, and it's their defense. That's all they got is a smell. So it, it wasn't an accident. And, it, you know, God could have used a donkey. He could have used any other animal, but he used a skunk. Now, what's, what color is a skunk? Black and white, the two most contrasted colors in the world. The two most contrasted colors in the world. White when you're in church, black when you're home. White when you're around believers and pure. <laughs> Evil <laughs> when you're to yourself. And it's two different, everybody understand that. And with an odor, I know how to spray you. If you get too close and you get, start getting on my nerves, I'll, I'll, I'll let all this bitterness out. Now, I'm telling you the way God see it. Don't, don't, don't get mad at me. You, you take it up with yourself. Don't even, don't even get mad with God. Does everybody see that? <laughs> and so we see, according to God's word, what we read here, the Bible says that Michael loved David. Saul had intended on giving his oldest daughter to David, but that didn't work out. But it was told Saul, you know, Michael, she got a crush on him. She really loved him. Okay, well, good. Now my plan can continue on. And a woman can make the mistake of thinking that because she loved her husband when she said, I do, that she won't be used by the devil later on. She, she's still back at her wedding day and how she felt. But, and she don't understand, why is my husband changing? Why is he? I don't understand what the big deal is. Because just like a skunk, uh, a skunk might be a decent pet. If you can ever get whatever it is in its body, pull that out, that's spray people. And what happens when you, when you come before the Lord and God's preaching on, on these type of, uh, types of things? You know, the Lord is trying to change folks, change folks. But, you know, folks don't want to change. And I'm convinced of that. It, it, it don't take forever to get saved. It don't take forever to make up your mind. I'm going to sell out to God. I'm going to be all in. And so there's the color of the skunk, you see. That, that black and white. You have the propensity 
to be pure and sweet. And that's what that poor husband, he's holding on to. Uh, that, that pure side, I like the white side of you. I, I like that side that, that does things for me and, and you know, love on me. I love that side. But then that same husband has to tiptoe to, to keep the black side away. I, I don't want to frustrate you because I, I, I know you got a dark side to you and I know you can, what does a skunk do? Listen, you could be a half a mile away from a skunk and know it. What do they do with they sprayer? They upset the whole atmosphere. And listen, and a skunk ain't got to bark, it ain't got to yell, I don't know what kind of noise they make, they ain't got to make a noise. You ask any husband that's been married in length of time, they can walk in their home and, and, and oh, it's skunk. And the wife ain't gotta say nothing, just I, it, this atmosphere punched me in the face when I walked through the front door. Does everybody understand that? Let's go to verse 26 now. It says, and when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law, and the days were not expired. Wherefore, David arose and went, and he and his men, and slew of the Philistines 200 men. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king, that he might be the king's son-in-law, and Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, to wife. So, do we see what's going on here? What did Saul, how many foreskins did Saul ask for? 100. Because he thought, surely, that you kill one giant, but one giant don't equal 100 Philistines. If you come against 100 of them, they're going to kill you for sure. Now, this is this idea, since we're talking about what, you know, the, the wife being a snare, that wife makes it impossible. This is what... Saul was trying to through, do through his, his, his daughter. I'm going to make it impossible for you to even be happily married. I'm going to be a, a, a difficult somebody. You're not going to know how to please me. As soon as you think you got me figured out, I'm going to switch the game up on you. Does everybody understand? So David says, you know what? I got this anointing. I ain't going to just kill 100 of them. I'm going to kill 200 of them. Does everybody understand? <laughs> Verse 28, and Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael's daughter, that, that, and, and Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's what? Enemy how? Now this, in this story, Saul is playing this role of Satan. A woman that is not submitted to her husband automatically is not submitted to God, so who is her daddy? And so when Satan sees that that husband loves his wife and that that wife halfway loved the husband, he gets upset and he gets more determined. I'm going to upset this mess. I, I'm going to, it ain't going to be no love here. 
And that's what happens with some of you brothers, you know, that are here, that are some of you that are listening in. You hit this, this, you don't overcome something in your marriage, and you hit this high note, and you believe, okay, so everything is clicking on all cylinders now. We've gotten past something. Everything is clicking the way it's supposed to click. What is the devil doing? Mean mugging you and coming up with another plan. It's clicking tonight, but you wait till you get home from work tomorrow. I have something cooked up. Everybody understand that? And the poor man, he, every time he wins one battle, the devil got another war for him. And his, his marriage becomes a war, a constant war, a never-ending war. You never settle. As soon as something, one thing gets settled, something else comes up. Why? Because the devil's behind it to begin with. Does everybody understand that? All right. We're all there now. Let's, let's go to chapter 19. We're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. Everybody see that? Isn't that something? Now, what, what role is David playing? He's the husband. He represents the husbands of today. Not just the husbands back then, the husbands of today. So you see what's going on now. When the devil's got it in for you, he's got it in for you. Verse 2, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David, and Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee, and what I see, that I will tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David. Now what does this represent? Jonathan represents the Holy Spirit who knows the devil's plan and he tries to warn you, you know, before you get home, something, you know, the devil's been working there. The devil's cooking some stuff up. Now, this is how you handle it. Everybody understand? And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul, his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned, Against thee, and because his works have been to thee work very good. For he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it. Everybody understand? Now, this is the Holy Spirit really trying to talk to that wife. You know, you got a good husband, right? You see how he provides for you? I ain't trying to hear that. You see how he put his life on the line? I don't care. I used to work for myself. I can, I can, I can provide for myself. Everybody understand that? <laughs> for he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it, and didst rejoice. Where, wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul... Swear, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. Now, what is this representing? Okay, sweetheart, I see what you're saying. 
you are a good husband to me. I'm, 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 I'm going to settle down. I'm not going to come against you anymore. And women play this game over and over again. The only problem is if they have not made up their minds to live for God with their whole hearts, if they have not made up their minds to submit unto their own husbands as unto the Lord, the devil will be back. Does everybody understand that? And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things, and Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. Why? Because God is a God of peace. Does everybody understand? Let's go ahead and keep reading. And there was war again. And David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon who? The moodiness of women when they're not submitted. That's what that represents. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Today I'm in a good mood, tomorrow I'm in a bad mood. That's an evil spirit, sisters. Does everybody understand that? I made a promise to my husband, I'm not going to fight with you no more. I'm not going to back talk anymore. Like, I'm going to be submissive. And then next week, what is it? That evil spirit come again. Why? He got a right to be there because you have not made up your minds to live for God with your whole heart and submit to your husband as unto the Lord. The devil got a right to come for what's his. Verse 9, and the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand and Saul and, and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped away out of, his, out of Saul's presence and he smote the javelin into the wall and David fled and escaped that night. Can you imagine? There David is playing his harp which back then looked like what we call a guitar. <clears throat> Just playing, you know, I love being in the presence of my father-in-law. Happy time, he wanted to kill me a few days ago, but you know, everything is good now. God is a way maker, He's, he loves peace, you know, everything is good now. That's the, that's, that's the way the husband thinks in his mind. You know, wives, you could train your husband to expect war. even when you decide to be peaceful for a day or two. <laughs> so what is your husband? He come home, he's playing his heart. Hey, family, everybody, it's a good time, family night. And she's sitting there with that evil spirit. I, I can't stand you. I remember what you did two years ago. Everybody understand that? You heard the, the warning that Jonathan gave to David? Take heed to yourself. I can't save your life, David. Uh, I'm going to try to talk to daddy, but you be watchful. He remembered those words. When out of nowhere, a javelin came at him. Does everybody understand that? The Bible says that the javelin was in David's, in Saul's hand. So he knew, okay, no, I'm going to play. Yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to keep going, but... You know, that's just not normal, just to be just having a javelin in your hand like that. And your wife need to put down that wall. 
You need to put down that bitterness. If you want peace in your home, and I, I'm afraid that some of you have gotten so used to drama, you don't know how else to live. It's too quiet when we're not arguing. And then you'll get to the point where the only time you're even talking is when you're arguing. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 11, Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Michael's, Michael, David's wife, told him. Everybody see that? This is the loving wife. <laughs> she told him. Everybody see? Saying, if thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Michael let David down through a window and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster, in other words, for his head, and covered it with a cloth. And when David sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. And Saul sent the messengers again to see David, saying, bring him up to me in the bed that I may slay him. Everybody see that? Don't matter what state the man is in. He's sick and still want to kill him. Does everybody understand? And when the messengers were come in, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillar of goat's hair for his bolster. And Saul said unto Michael, Why hast thou deceived me so, and sent away mine enemy, that he has escaped? And Michael answered Saul, and he said unto me, he said unto me Let me go, why should I kill thee? So you see, he's got a help meet. Does everybody understand that? Michael, she's still in love, and she's a help to Saul. Now let's go to the 25th chapter of 1 Samuel. And we're going to read verse 44. So from this, from this point on, David is on the run. He understands, it's clear, Saul, that you have not made up your mind to live for God with your whole heart. And, and because of that, I cannot trust you. Does everybody see that? So he flees. And while he's gone, Saul does the unthinkable. Is everybody at verse 4? 44? But Saul had given Michael his daughter, David's wife, to Falti, the son of Laish, which was of Gilam. Does everybody see? So here was a woman who was in love with her husband. And her daddy takes her and gives her, after David had overcome all of Saul's attempts on his life to be a snare to David through his daughter, he saw, this ain't doing me no good. So what's the next best thing? I'm going to give her over to another man. This is that man spirit. When the wife have decided, I'm not going to surrender my life to God. I'm not going to live for God with my whole heart. She takes another husband. Does everybody understand that? 
And listen, brothers and sisters, it's downhill from there. Way downhill. As soon as the man feel like, you know, I've made progress. Everything that the devil have brought to me, I've been able to overcome because I'm following the Holy Spirit. If that woman have not made up her mind to surrender to God with her whole heart and submit to her husband, then the devil becomes her husband. And so in her mind, it's two households. And it's not natural to her anymore to submit to her natural husband. Does everybody understand? To, to, to her, he's a stranger. That's the reason why, that's the only reason why a woman will fight against her husband's authority, because she's following somebody else's authority. Somebody else is her husband. And the, the good trick about it is, <laughs> that's a husband you can't see. You ain't got to do his laundry. You ain't got to cook for him. You ain't even got to know you submitted to him. You ain't got to know you married to him. But by your fruits, you'll know. It's something else here that I'm obeying. Does everybody understand that? All right, so now let's go to the third chapter of 2 Samuel. And uh, we're going to start reading at verse 12. What can a man do? What can a man do when his natural wife, who loved him at one time, is given over to a spiritual husband? How can that man fight against that spiritual husband? Does everybody understand that? That it is, uh, you know, another man coming for uh, for that man's wife, that husband's wife. He might be able to do something about it. I'm, I'm about to knock on your door, partner, and we're gonna have a talk. But what can you do when the being is spiritual and the wife is not even convinced? That is something going on. All right, let's read verse 12. 2 Samuel 3, verse 12. And Abner sent, me Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, Whose is the land? Saying also, Make thy league with me, and behold, my hand shall be with thee, to bring about all Israel unto thee. And he said, Well, I will make a league with thee, but one thing I require of thee, that is, thou shalt not see my face, Except thou first bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when thou comest to see my face. And David sent messengers to, to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Deliver me my wife Michael, which I espoused to me for an hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from who? Her spiritual husband for today that she was with a whole nother life isn't that something a whole nother life and that's you know, so what does this represent when the husband's home I'm a halfway act like I'm married to you and I'm following your rules but when you're not home I'm gonna follow my spiritual husband's way 
I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have my own program. And every time I go through this process, it's going to be harder for me to submit to you because I got my own program. So could you imagine, think about this story here, just naturally so, that she's been married to this other man for quite a while. David, uh, Saul chased David for approximately 15 years. So for all of this time, here it is, she's established a whole nother life. And here come David. You my wife. I married you. I'm taking authority in my home. Could you imagine how hard that would be to have to play wife to a man again when she's been somebody else's wife for all those years? Now let's think about that spiritually so, that spiritual husband there. Could you imagine how hard it is for a wife to say, okay, God, I surrender to you. I'm going to submit to my husband when she's been another person's wife. Does everybody understand? When she's been following a spiritual husband. that she might not, even, might not even believe in all of that. All she knows is she can't stand her husband in the flesh. I don't like his rules. Why is it that you don't like what he lays out? The devil is a master at making people think that they're just following themselves, that they're just doing what they want to do. It's only two masters in this world. You're either following Jesus Christ or you're following the devil. And the only way you sisters can follow Jesus Christ is if you follow your husband. If you're not submitted to your husband, you're automatically submitted to the devil. Don't let these other women pump it in your heads. Well, you know, I submit to my husband when he starts following the Lord. The Bible says that the head of every man, the head of every man is Christ. Saved and unsaved, the head of every man is Christ. So you can't use that as an excuse that when my husband starts leading the way I think he ought to lead, then I'll follow. I tell you to your face, you are already following something. Let's go to verse 15. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband. Everybody see that? Even Feltil, the son of Laish, and her husband went, what did he do? Went with her along weeping behind her to Baharim. Then said Abner unto him, go return, and he returned. So that husband, the, the uh, first husband, the natural husband, he put his foot down. No more spiritual husbands in my house. No more. You're going to follow me. But that spiritual husband don't give up easily. I'm going to lag behind. I'm going to make you know what you're missing. I'm going to remind you how much easier your life was when you didn't have to follow your natural husband. Everybody understand that? And so finally, Abner said, look, man, go on about your business now. Let's not make this harder than what it's got to be. Go on about your business. Now, you would think that this woman, Michael, she would be glad to be back to where she started at. Why? Because her husband is now the king. 
He wasn't a king or anything close to it when they got married. Well, so now I'm going to leave this little peon who wasn't doing anything for me but causing problems in my natural marriage. And I'm, I'm going to go and be married to the son of a king. I'm going to go and be married to royalty because my husband following God. But that's not the way it is. That's, that's not the way it plays out. Let's go to the sixth chapter of 2 Samuel now. We're going to start reading at verse 12. So husbands, you done took authority in your homes. You've said this ain't happening no more. No more. I know that this is a spiritual war. I know this ain't flesh and blood that I'm, I'm dealing with. I, I'm taking authority. My home is going to be ran this way. No other way. This is the way I've laid it out, and this is the way it's going to be. Is everybody at verse 12? It says, And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with what? Gladness. Now, this was a big deal. The ark of God, the ark of the covenant, in other words, it represented God's presence. And so whenever they had the ark of the covenant with them, God fought their battles for them and they won. And so when God had something against the children of Israel, he would allow this other nation to come and take this ark, and that meant God is no longer with them. And so David, the righteous king now, he gets the ark of the covenant back. Let's go ahead and keep reading. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Everybody see that? Can you imagine? He's bringing that ark from one city to another. Let's say it's 30 miles. And look at what that says, six paces. Every six steps that they make, they stop it and offering up sacrifices. That's how much of a big deal it was to them. Could you imagine how long it took that for them to get that ark to where it was going? Every six steps, this is such an honor for us. Every six steps, we're going to stop and we're going to offer up a sacrifice to God. Isn't that something there? So it's a big deal. Everybody agree? Verse 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with sound, with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And what? She despised him in her heart. The spiritual husband is gone, but now I don't like you. What happened to the love? What, is this the same Michael that loved David? That helped him escape? Came up with all these plans, put a fake dummy in the bed to make it look like David. She did all of that in the beginning of their marriage. Until his spiritual husband got a hold of her. Everybody understand? 
something as grand. This is probably one of the biggest events to happen to the children of Israel. We're bringing the presence of God right back to us. And David there dancing through all, with all of his might. It ain't a man that ain't never, that ain't, that haven't dealt with, that have dealt with a contentious woman didn't feel his wife looking at him with despisement the way David's wife did him that day. It ain't, a, it ain't a man alive that have ever dealt with a contentious woman that didn't feel, I, 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 I can go out and I can conquer the world and some kind of way you're going to still despise me in your heart. I, it gets to the point where you can't even share good news with the wife because to her it ain't good news. Why? Because I'm hoping for your failure. You <laughs> doing all of these great things that don't do nothing for me except prove me wrong. So don't, don't tell me about the Lord landing on your heart to start your own business. Don't tell me about that. Don't tell me about all this extra stuff that the Lord, I don't want to hear that. Because all it's going to do is upset me. I'm going to grind my teeth together. Because I don't want you to succeed. Because you succeeding equals me being wrong. God's hand being with we, my family, we've been trying to kill you and you ain't dead yet. I wish I hadn't helped you. <laughs> Escape. Everybody understand. But I married you, I guess I'm stuck. Does everybody see that? It ain't a man alive that ever dealt with a contentious woman that didn't feel what David probably feeling here. I can't let her be a part of this whole thing. Look at what that says there. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through what? A window. Why was she inside and not outside celebrating with everybody else? Because not that big. That's your, that's your job. You got the raise. I ain't get one. <laughs> that's your victory. See the two households? She's so silly, she don't know it, it, her husband's victory is her victory. That's the reason why she tried to tear him down. I, I, I just, because I despise you in my heart. I tell you, it is the devil. It is, it, it, I can't explain to you what it feels like to live with somebody that hates your guts. But I know how it feels. And you wives might think, well, I don't hate my husband. I, I don't like some of the stuff he do, but I don't hate him. But your actions say different. And listen, sisters, it ain't your presence that's the problem. It's the devil that's in you. That's what the husband feels. And you may say, well, why are we always getting on women? Because the Bible says a foolish woman tears down her house. Not the foolish man, a foolish woman. Ain't even got enough sense to rejoice with her husband. Ain't got enough sense to be. Y'all, who else is on his team? And women all over the world will kick up dust and kick against their husbands and then wonder, well, why, did, what are, why are you out there cheating? Because <laughs> you've been cheating. Why are you looking at another woman? Well, act a fool with a husband. 
Well, let it be known, I'm not with you. I, I'm against everything you say. And at the same time, be living in fear that he might go be with somebody else. Isn't it just easier to straighten up and obey God? Listen, sisters, that same devil that won't, that give you your way and things, that's the same devil that'll torment you on the other side. He ain't just after your husband, he after you too. Let's read that again. Verse 16, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, everybody see that? So it ain't, it, it, it ain't no telling how long it took for it to get there with them stopping every six steps. She should have been anticipating that. But to her, it ain't that big of a deal. Everybody understand? So you see in her actions how she's letting David know, I ain't with you. And that's a horrible thing to be married to somebody that, that can't even celebrate with you. It, it is a hard thing brothers and sisters, to be married to somebody who you know, I, I can't share this with you, it, it ain't, I might tell you because you'll know about it, but it ain't that big of a deal to you. When you're one and you're joined together in God, whatever victory your spouse have ought to be your victory. You ought to be just as happy. But you can't be when you got another husband somewhere. Everybody understand? Again, this husband, he don't require much of you. You ain't got to cook his food a certain way. He got his own food. You ain't got to clean for him. You ain't got to do him. In your mind, he ain't got no rules except disobey your husband. That's easy. <laughs> Look what that says. Looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And what did she do? Went out there and started and joined with him? I can't listen. That's a, that's a sad, that's a bad place to be in when you're a husband. And, and you rejoicing and your, and your wife despise you. Where? In your heart, in her heart. That's a bad place to be in. When, and when somebody with you and can't stand you. Verse 17, and they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering, burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a, get, and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious! was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. Isn't that something? That's that woman, she gonna find something wrong with everything her husband do. Isn't that something there? <laughs> <laughs> Look at 
Let's read that again. Then David returned to bless his household. Everybody see that? Now think about what happened there. He done gave everybody cakes. They got cake. It's a full party. Cake, meat, wine. Everybody is blessed. But where's his wife at? Because she refused. I, I'm going to go out of my way to keep this spirit I got. Does everybody understand that? And David, like a lot of men, when they're dealing with that contentious woman, they'll make their household last. They're scared to go home, dreading what they're about to walk into. Does everybody understand that? Look at what that says. And David said unto Michael, it was... Uh, uh, verse 20, then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today. Everybody see that? Ooh, that's a, that's a nasty, that's a nasty devil. That husband can have a good day at work, everything flowing like it's supposed to, and come home to that. How glorious. That's a nasty, sarcastic devil. <laughs> How glorious was the king of Israel today? What is he doing? Attacking his character and his relationship with God. Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants. Everybody see that? What are you talking about, the women? Because she's sitting back, jealous in her heart, knowing she ain't being a good wife, and mad in any handmaid that would be. Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself? Isn't that something? Verse 21, and David said to Michael, it was what? Before the Lord, which chose me before thy father. Isn't that something? You know, David, don't, don't overread that now. You pay attention to what David's saying. He's pinpointing what the issue is. <laughs> it was before the Lord who chose me before your daddy. You're mad. Because I got a position that your daddy used to have. Don't get that. It was his disobedience that got him overthrown. Everybody understand that? Which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me rule over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus and will be base in mine own sight, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Isn't that something? Ooh, that's, ooh, that's a nasty argument there. Ooh, that's ugly. <laughs> Everybody understand what David is saying there? He understands she's got jealousy in her heart because she ain't been the wife she's supposed to be. The maidservants were out there having, having a good time just like he was. 
but I'd rather sit back and mean mug you. So when he come inside, he's got to deal with this. And look at and listen, sisters, when a when a a woman is in this place, like what Michael was in, it ain't a woman around her husband that can win. Every woman's gonna be despised. The woman don't want your husband. But the devil that you're talking with will make you think that. Does everybody understand? And you see, so she's basically saying, you out there, you really out there dancing for all these floozies. This same woman that don't want a relationship with her husband, she don't want him having any kind of relationship with any other woman, even if it's godly. But you know what David said? I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. And I'm not going to put myself in a corner somewhere to keep some other woman from liking me. They see your foolishness. Now, you need to get right. Does everybody understand? I'm, I'm not going to just stay in the house and keep myself from being seen and keep other women from liking my personality just because you hate it. You're the problem. So I'm going to stay abased. I'm going to keep playing my guitar. Everybody see that? Look at what he says. And of the maid, and of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Isn't that something? Yeah, they're going to keep looking. They're going to keep being attracted to me. <laughs> That's some stuff, ain't it? I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to change my personality because you don't like it. And all other women do. <laughs> Ooh, that was nasty, wasn't it? <laughs> and of the maid service that you spoke of. <laughs> I'm going to keep the party going. <laughs> Look at what it says there. Uh, that's, that's something. Verse 22. <laughs> and I will yet be more vile than this. <laughs> you thought I was a stripper <laughs> before. <laughs> that's what she was saying. You out there acting like a stripper, dancing your clothes off. And I will be more of a, a bigger stripper than what you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the only places in the Bible you see husband and wife going back and forth. And I will be yet more vile than this, and will be based in mine own sight, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. She was sent into her own home. And from that day forward, David didn't go in unto her, didn't sleep with her. After he had just told her, I'll be had by these other women that honor me. I'll be with other women. And so she had to sit back and watch him go unto Abigail. She had to watch him go unto 
uh, Bathsheba and his other wives. She had to watch these other women have children for David. That wife that's against her husband and despises him in her heart, she produces an unfruitful marriage. She produces an unfruitful marriage. She, she creates a prison for herself. Does everybody understand that? All right, so now let's go to the 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs. Is everybody there? All right, we're going to start reading at verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Everybody see that? The prophecy that who taught him? Now, it is believed, some, some people believe that this, this was actually King Solomon, that that was another name of his. Some people believe it. So who was King Solomon's mother? Bathsheba, the one who David took to be his wife after David had her husband killed. So she says, verse 2, what, my son, and what, the son of my womb, and what, the son of my, son of my vows? What is the first thing she says to him in verse 3? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Does everybody see what that's saying there? Now, the reason why we went over King uh, David's life with his wife, Michael, we read everything that there was to read about Michael. What if in any of those moments he had decided, I, I prefer to live in peace with you, and so I'm going to bow down? He would not have been able to fulfill God's will for his life. Does everybody understand? King David had a praise on the inside of him had a fire on the inside of him. That, so that when he got victorious, he wrote a lot of the Psalms that we read in the book of Psalms. But what if he had, had given his strength to his wife? Okay, so my wife, you know, she's sitting here to help me. Maybe I was overboard with all the rejoicing and the praising that I was doing. I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I better kill this a little bit. I, I can see what she's saying. I, I, you know, I'm, I better settle down some. It, he wouldn't have wrote the songs. His fire would have been put out. Does everybody understand that? He wouldn't have been who God had called him to be. He was supposed to rejoice. Does everybody understand? And so when God had gave him victories, he would have been dumbed down. Okay, I, I'll write a verse or two. I'm not going to dance with all my might. I'm not going to put all my strength into what the Lord has put on the inside of me to do. So we're told, now this is the end of the matter. Give not your strength unto women. Does everybody understand? In other words, whatever fire God has lit under you, don't let your wife take you downhill with it. And, I, and I, I'm going to say this, even if it means sending her away like, like David did. God's relationship is more important. Does everybody understand that? I believe husbands ought to put their foot down 
with what is going to go on in their home. And if the wife don't want to follow that, then she can go find another home. The Bible says in the book of Amos, how can two walk together except they agree? And sometimes brothers, uh, men of God, find themselves in a bad predicament because they're trying to please their wife and they're trying to, to work things out. And over, over years, you'll see that wife don't want to work it out. She want to be, she ain't, she ain't even trying to compromise. I just, if I don't get my way, it ain't going to be no way. It ain't going to be no peace. What can you do with a woman that's married to another man? What can you do with a woman that's, that's married to something else that she can't see? She don't even know that she's under that control. And you have to be like Joshua. As for me and my house, choose you this day who you're going to serve. But if you're in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do it God's way. I'm telling you, there comes a time when an ultimatum has to be given. I'm the head of my home. This is the way it's going to be. And if that means me moving out or you moving out, so be it. But it's, my home is going to be, operate this way. You may say, well, Brother Bowden, that's kind of harsh. What, it was a woman that told her son this. Don't give your strength to women. Don't cave in. Because why? If you cave in, she'll never respect you. I'd rather be a thousand miles away being respected. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, you'll respect me being staying a man. But if I ever cave to you and start, and, and start coddling to you and doing what you say do, you'll never respect me. So the Bible makes it clear. Don't give your strength to women. Does everybody understand that? You have to be just like King David. I'm going to be King David. I'm not going to... I, I got a relationship with God. I dance before him. Amen. And if I had gotten out of the way with him, he would have came and told me. He wouldn't have used your mouth to do it. But listen, because I know you despise me in my heart, I know everything that comes from you ain't of God. Now, you know, sisters and brothers, it, it, it is a horrible thing to be married to a wife. And some of you may know what I'm talking about. And you know that the devil got his grips on her head. And everything she come to you with, you know it's of the devil. And you know, you know God's will by what your wife speak. Because you know it's completely opposite of what God will say. That's a dangerous and that's a bad situation to be in. When you know God's will because the devil's speaking through your wife. You ain't got to pray or nothing. Sweetheart, what do you think about this? Well, if I was you, I would do it this way, but thank you. Now I know to do it that way. <laughs> I've lived it, brothers and sisters. I've lived it. And some of you have lived it. <laughs> I'm trying to paint a picture for you sisters to see how ugly it gets. Husbands don't always bring this stuff to their wives, but I will. I bring it to your doorstep. I let you know this is how it is. Does everybody understand? And just and they they try their husbands try to spare their wives' feelings. But I tell you to your face, if you are being used by the devil, that husband will know. I, he might even ask you. And some of you wives, you might get frustrated when you give suggestions to your husband and he do the completely opposite. 
Why does he do that? Because he knows you're being used by the devil. And what you speak, listen, if you despise me in your heart, I know that it's the devil. So I just do the opposite. I ask you for what, what you think, but just so I know how to do it. Does everybody understand that? Isn't that something? What was meant to be a help meet is now a snare. And that's not God's will. You see that? My prayer is that we'll hear what God is saying today. When a husband loves his wife, he wants to be able to come to her and talk to her about things. But not with another man present. <laughs> as long as that man is there, that husband knows you're going to despise me in your heart. It's like, and, it, and listen, it doesn't matter when, she, when, when Michael first saw uh, David, he was nobody. He had no position in the kingdom at all. But the day came where he became king. And listen, and that's the way it is in a marriage. It, it, that husband can be making strides, making strides, moving up in life, and she won't go with him. That's a, that's a sad place to be in. When you're so demon-possessed that you can't even be happy. You can't even see that God is trying to prosper you and move you up. Whip your husband. It don't matter to me. But I'd be mad as the devil against women that can see the, the potential in my husband. I'd be mad as the devil towards women that, that see, yeah, you got a good husband. I'd be everything but a good wife. It don't matter that we got papers on each other. It don't matter at all. I'm telling you, it's a devil that's got women despising their husbands. It's a devil that's got that, like that. Everybody understand that? And I, I tell you, brothers, it comes a point in your life where you have to put your foot down. Don't give your strength to these women because they all, you, you can see day in and day out, week in and week out, every time you come home, it's something different. What happens when a man gives his strength to the woman? He's going to be all over the place. All over the place, right along with her. <laughs> he'll be confused. And he'll become zombie-like. That's not God's will. So it comes a time when you have to give this ultimatum. If you want to be with me, if you want to continue on, I'm talking to the brothers. If you want to continue on in this marriage, these are my rules. If, if, if you got a problem with any of it, you can go on about your business or I can go on about mine or whatever. We're going to part ways. You know why? Because after a while, you, uh, brother, you'll wake up and you'll see that if God sees you as one flesh with two different minds that make you double-minded and that withhold God's blessings for you. He sees you as one flesh. Does everybody understand that? One flesh. And if that one flesh got two minds, two heads, he sees you as double-minded. What does the book of James say? Let not that man think he will receive anything of God. 
That, that's the reason why brothers that are in tumultuous marriages struggle. Can't get ahead. It just seems like they just stuck. Know they serving God in their heart. Feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. What, where, why do I feel like I'm not moving forward? Because Michael's sitting back there looking at you through the window, despising you. And you ain't done nothing about it. <laughs> you, you go home to her. Tell her, Michael, I, I'm going to keep being who God called me to be. Does everybody understand that? You know, I'm telling you from my own experience. Sometimes brothers can get so used to the drama. They can get so used to the turmoil and the weight. They have no idea. I'm telling you from my own experience. You have no idea how much weight you were under until you get from under it. When you, when you get out of those situations, it, it's like it's you, all of a sudden now you know I really was bound. I didn't know that. The devil was squeezing my head and, I, head and I didn't have any idea. I didn't know it was this much in here. I'm talking from my own experience. But that's the devil's ploy is to get you used to his stuff. You get used to struggling. You get used to not going anywhere to the point where you don't even realize you're not going anywhere. How many of you ever sat at a, at a train as it went by and you, you had front row seat at a train? How many of you ever did that? You come to some train tracks and a train is going across. How many of you were, were first in line to go across those tracks? How many of you just ever looked straight ahead and had this delusion come to you? where you're looking at the train and it's going this way, but you feel like you're going that way. How many of you ever did that? That's the delusion of the devil. You sitting at some tracks, looking at the train, you looking at the devil doing all kind of stuff. And you, and you can look at it for so long until you have this illusion that you're moving. <laughs> if you've never done that, you try it. It's, it's amazing, that, that illusion there. That's the, that, but that's the devil, illusion. Everybody understand that? And that's, but that's not God's will for your life. God wants you to be moving. Not you sitting at the train tracks pretending that you're moving when it's really the devil moving. Does everybody understand that? Now here's the thing to do, sisters. The thing to do is not to despise God's word, but line up to it. When David finished speaking what he was speaking, Michael didn't try to, didn't repent. She didn't ask for forgiveness. She chose to continue down that road she was in, and David sent her away. Does everybody understand? So it, it, when you hear God's word, you repent and you move on. But I tell you, it's time out for folks planning their marriages. That, 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 you know, that's one thing I used to tell my wife. I'm going to be happy. That's with or without you. It's your choice. I'm going to be a happy somebody. If the Lord allowed me to live 80 years on this earth, I'm going to be happy in it. I, you're not sending me out here with a stroke. I'm not leaving here with worry and my heart badly making it and pumping. Everybody understand that? And I'm tell you, telling you the pressures of marriage, it'll do it to a man.
you know. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message that you spoke to us today. And Lord, we ask that you will help us to take heed to what you've said to us, Lord. And God, we pray that you will be glorified. Lord, I pray that you will change the hearts of people. Help them to see your way, Lord. Help them not to be offended at this word, Lord. But I ask that you will help them, Lord, to be converted. Help the wife know what place she's supposed to be in with her husband, Lord, and help her to stay there. Help her to follow you, Lord, with her whole heart. Lord, we thank you for dying for us, and we thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to correct us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.